right? Yes. And the more attuned we are to our child, the better our response will be, mm-hmm. right? And the last thing you want to do is to over overcompensate, yeah. meaning to say that oh no no I did something wrong or they do something wrong they come mm-hmm. thing or I need to write the wrong you know, mm-hmm. uh, therefore a lot of things that I do now, uh, through experience, seem to push the child further away. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Catholic Parents Online, a podcast channel where we share tips and resources on Catholic parenting. Presented through the lens of the theology of the body, we will see how we can be gifted to our children in ways that will help them find true happiness and flourish in accordance with God's wonderful plan for each and every one of them. My name is John Hui and I'm your host for this series. Today we're going to um, discuss a topic um, which, while challenging, uh, is a very necessary uh, topic uh, to discuss because um, uh, many parents have uh, come to us uh, seeking help uh, in this area and that is what to do if my child says he's gay or same-sex attracted right so um, we need to understand the various terminologies involved at the same time to understand the journey that is required for this and um, to help us along this journey is Mr. Nicholas Lim welcome to the show Nicholas hi John thanks for having me on yes so Nicholas has uh, very experience in this area and um, his uh, work experience has brought him through a lot um, in various aspects of uh, counselling and psychology work and family therapy. Nicholas, would you like to share with our listeners a little bit about yourself, your family and your work? Mm. So hi everyone, thanks for having me John. Uh, I'm actually 45 this year. Uh, I'm a psychologist, uh, happily married to my wife, Jerry. Uh, we have three kids. Um, and I've been working with uh, this group of uh, uh, friends for the past almost a decade now. Right, uh, it's it's uh, I chanced upon it because I've always for the past twenty years working with uh, uh, vulnerable teenagers and their families, lah, in different setting from school setting, community setting, right. Uh, lately, uh, for obvious reasons, uh, I'm seeing more clients. Uh, uh, now, now close to ten years now with uh, people wondering about their own sexuality, um, uh, uh, getting themselves in situations where they worry about their own health. You know, and parents are concerned also about the decisions that they are making, uh, the kids are making, uh, and also wondering about their own view uh, on this situation. And sometimes all put together can be quite stressful, not only for the individuals, uh, young people and parents alike, but also for the entire family put together. Thank you very much, Nicholas. As a start, we can understand that there are many, many different terms that's being thrown around right now, things like gay, lesbian, you know, bisexual and um, mm-hmm. uh, homosexuality, same-sex attracted and things like that. So to put us off on a rather firm and clear footing, would you like to share with us the various definitions of these uh, terms? So let's start with the homosexuals, right? Homosexuals are understood as uh, somebody uh, being sexually or romantic- romantically attracted, right, to somebody of the same sex, right? Uh, gay and lesbians are pop culture terminologies, uh, meaning the same, uh, that is homosexual, right? Yeah. So uh, now we loosely use gays and lesbians more than like homosexuals, oh I'm gay, or as opposed to like uh, I'm homosexual, right? Um, so that's, that's the um, homosexual, gay and lesbians, right? Uh, same-sex attracted uh, may not necessarily have their interests uh, sexually or romantically. I may be attracted to somebody of the same gender, right? but there is no desire, motivation uh, to be sexually uh, involved. Right? Um, uh, so that's uh, to be understood in that way, lah, at least in my work. Right? Right. Uh, 
Yeah. So if anybody says that, oh, I'm gay or unless that presupposes that you have uh, sexual uh, interests or have had already engaged uh, in the relationship or in a sexual, sexual way. Mm -hmm. yeah. Am I right to say that um, a person may have same-sex attraction, mm -hmm. uh, which may not necessarily have romantic um, undertones, mm -hmm. um, but for those who uh, have perhaps the condition of homosexuality, mm -hmm. they, um, there is an understanding that this uh, denotes a certain kind of sexual attraction or a, a kind of romantic attraction to someone of the same sex. Yes. And that uh, for those uh, who are uh, who identify as gay or identify as lesbian, is it right to say that it means that they are already into um, relationships, sexual, uh, relationships, sexual relationships with those of the same sex? Yes, that's correct. Right. And yes. those bisexual? Would mean that they are uh, sexually and romantically attracted to uh, individuals of both sexes. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. Okay, right. So, um, good. Thank you very much, Nicholas. Mm. I think for uh, helping to clarify the terminology so that mm. we know where we are, mm. uh, and the discussion will go on along in a more uh, comfortable and, uh, mm. and more clear tone. Clear, yeah. yeah. Okay, manner. Yeah. So, um, for parents, if the children uh, come out to them and say that, "Look, mom and dad, uh, I've got uh, same-sex attraction," or "I, um, I'm a homosexual," or "I'm gay," or "I'm lesbian," right? Uh, what can parents do? Um, in such a situation, and I'm sure, as with many other situations whereby uh, parents do get certain uh, surprises from the children, mm -hmm. this is probably another one of those. But I think it is important that uh, parents uh, react in a way that uh, is affirming to the child, not in terms of affirming their uh, identity, not in terms of affirming their lifestyle, but rather to affirm their goodness as a child mm. uh, of God and of their own child, right? So what can parents do? Mm. So very quick uh, background first, or basically to set the premise right, for the answers, right? Um, what can parents do? We need to first understand that uh, as young individuals, they are very at a very different place compared to us adults. Right? Uh, I write extensively a lot about this on my website, nicholaskirabuilding.com. Uh, my practice is actually guided by neuroscience. So at the end of the day, a young person uh, is more limbic than prefrontal. Right? Um, meaning to say they are more emotional, more relational. Right? Uh, and the neuroscience informs us that if we want to respond to them and help them help the engagement be meaningful, we need to engage them at that level of emotions, at the level of uh, the relationship. Right, as opposed to uh, prefrontal, which the adult is, uh, which is here at the forehead, that the prefrontal is fully developed for the adults. Right, so we are naturally as adults thinking of the consequences, meaning to say, um, like, oh, my child told me that, oh my goodness, how can he be gay? Oh, you're, you're, you're Christian, that kind of thing. Right, you're thinking ahead, already, uh, like ten times ahead of your child, but your child is not there with you for sure. Right. Uh, so when a child approaches you and, and, and talk about a topic like this, we need to first we appreciate the fact that both of you come from a different place. Right? And the child is looking for you to connect with him or her at whatever that he or she is going through. Right? So to respond, we want to first refrain from reacting from the prefrontal. That means don't allow yourself to jump ahead of you by thinking of all the possible negative consequences that potentially might come with 
um, a, a situation of being uh, attracted to somebody of the same gender, right? Uh, and then uh, quickly come out with possible solutions to say uh, anything right or wrong about it, or should or should not support it, right? All this should be put on the back burner, and instead be there to be and be open to want to hear what the child has to say. Right, so uh, in this situation, I would offer uh, the consideration of this thing called the, the uh, recognizing the behavior, uh, understanding the meaning of the behavior, right, uh, and recognizing the child's stage of their life, uh, which is uh, actually the work of Eric Erickson, right, where we talk about this child, your child at a young age trying to find out who he or she is, especially sexually in this in this case, mm-hmm. right. So if the child says, "Oh, mom." Uh, uh, I'm actually gay or less, or you notice that your child is holding uh, a friend's hand, right? Uh, uh, so your your boy is holding another male friend's hand, for example, and you recognize that that's the behavior, or the child highlighted that oh, I just the behavior, I like this boy. If it's your if your it's your son offering the information to you, recognize that it's a first behavior, express behavior. Then you want to then find out what's the meaning of the behavior, right? So uh, how do you do that? Right. Uh, so as a limbic, uh, more li- more of a limbic person, right? You would like to ask the question. Oh, okay. I mean, what does that? Uh, who's that person? You know, how you know this person, right? Uh, it's interesting that you highlight this to me. Uh, is it something that we know? Somebody that we know? How, what is it about this person that you like? Right. But the point here is that you want to know what that behavior is about. Right, uh, so the child may offer information that like, oh, I've been, I mean, he's he's one person who really uh, accepts me for who I am, you know, he's always very understanding, you know, uh, he he kind of know my fears and anxieties that kind of thing. So actually, the meaning here is that the child have been seeking for uh, somebody, something, right, to appreciate him or her better, right. So now then you are more informed that the child is actually seeking for that, right. Uh, so what then do you do after that? Now that you know the meaning of the behavior and whatever that the child has offered to you, you recognize that this is basically what he or she has been doing, right? Uh, so now the child, the, the adult, the, the parent can now consider what is it that I can do to now help my child find that meaning more appropriately, more uh, 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 in a way that is safe, for example. Right. Uh, so if you acquire in the, in the previous stage, acquire enough information, you probably know where he or she has been going out to seek meaning. So it could be the clubs, it could be my friend's house, it could be in school, for example. Right. Then <coughs> moving forward, the child, the, the the parent can offer the support. You, you need me to speak to this person. You need to. Uh, how, how about we 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 go together? You know how uh, is there is there a reason why you need to go to this place? Right. Can we offer another place for you? Uh, I understand this place is a bit like um, a lot of drinking happening. You know, is there a reason why you would like to go there to, to drink? Can you can you is it okay if we find other places that you can still hang out with your friend, but it's not so uh, dangerous maybe, right? Yeah. So we want to differentiate this three. So I say again, the behavior, the meaning behind the behavior, and <clears throat> how is it helping the child to develop positively? Right. Yeah. So it seems that before we even jump into tell them about the church teachings and the moral. Uh, morality of it all and all oh, that it sure. is important that we understand uh, what they are saying yes. why they are saying it yeah. and where, what the needs are that they have which they feel have been not met mm-hmm. but they seem to be met in this person that they are mm-hmm. uh, attracted to yes. am I right to say that yes, okay. yes. that's right
correct. That's correct. Mm. And from there on, uh, what else can the parent do now that the parent has identified this process, right? Mm. Um, and then, okay, so my son or my daughter um, is going out with this person, uh, they tend to go to this particular place or club, or maybe just going to somewhere else, right? Mm. Each other's house or whatever it is. And um, they find a lot of uh, comfort and solace and meaning in life in each other. So as a parent now, what can I do? Mm. If <clears throat> the parents have not already have um, what I call an inspirational relationship with the child, I differentiate that I differentiate that relationship with that of like positional uh, relationship, uh, meaning to say that uh, I'm your father. Uh, I what I say, you need to listen to me. But my child don't respect me. Mm-hmm. But I only respect you. I listen to you only because you are my father. So that's positional authority uh, in action. And uh, I won't listen because you're my father, right? Uh, as opposed to inspirational authority, where uh, I'm your father, and uh, I've had, had <coughs> various uh, relish, uh, 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 meaningful encounters with you together. You 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 look up to me. You respect me, and you value my input. Right? You have to say anything at all. Uh, you would consider twice about what I have to say. Uh, in that scenario, I have uh, inspirational authority. Right? And therefore, if I were to have a relationship like that with inspirational authority, uh, that would be a lot better because in the event that uh, the behavior that's being expressed, uh, that's been highlighted, um, uh, uh, reflects or you know, uh, show that you might be in danger, if I offer my point of view, the likelihood of you listening to me uh, is higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you don't have that relationship, that kind of relationship, uh, it's a bit tougher. Mm-hmm. So from a young age, parents might want to consider having to build that kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. Right? Not to say that positional authority is not important. It is. And you need, actually, you need to have both. It probably starts from there anyway. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. exactly. So sometimes even at, at uh, teenage years, for example, you want to assert uh, positional authority. But because you have the inspirational authority, the, the child will listen because of your assertion mm-hmm. as the, the father mm-hmm. right, or as the, as the mother, right? Or even as the, the catechist for the matter, mm-hmm. the leader of the, the, the right. groom, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. But because the inspirational, inspirational authority is present and the respect is there, uh, they would consider and be open to what you have to say. Mm-hmm. In the context of uh, uh, talking about the faith and the view of the, 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 the church, Right, they'll be more open to it. And because of that open relationship, uh, they will even be happy to even have that debate with you. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, debate in a good way, la, mm-hmm. uh, having to, to seek understanding mm-hmm. and greater depth of the topic for that matter. Yeah. So it seems that the relationship with the child is very, very important yeah. for the journey to progress <coughs> meaningfully. Yes. Right. So if we have not been able to uh, build that up from early on, mm. then it is a wake-up call and it is time for us to then start working on it mm. before we even start telling off the child for um, what you think is totally uh, unacceptable uh, behaviour, things like that, right? Yeah, so, yeah. and it's an interesting thing, you know, uh, I'm not sure whether you heard about Norton, right? Norton Antivirus, Norton a company, mm-hmm. did a survey sometime back ago and then they asked uh, both parents and child uh, about how much they know about what the child is doing. Right. Interestingly, the, the parents reported that they actually know a lot about what their child is doing. Right? But in actual fact, they don't at all because the, the kids reported that their child, the, the parents have no idea what they're doing. Absolutely. I <laughs> agree with that. <laughs> yeah. So we, we sometimes overestimate what we think we know about what their child is engaged in. Uh, 
right? And then sometimes uh, that affects the way we engage our kids. That's right. Or we've when... got to wipe that off from <laughs> yeah. our brain that we think we know everything about our child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And sometimes it, it's just our prefrontal acting up so much, thinking that we know it better, yeah. when in actual fact, they're thinking so many other things uh, without you realizing what they're thinking about and even doing things they're, they're doing that you don't know about. And sometimes even don't know how to appreciate it That's at right. all. You know? That's right. Uh, and, and especially talking about this topic, a lot of uh, parents that I work with have really no clue uh, the kind of environment that their kids go into uh, when they are exploring same-sex attraction or even the gay lifestyle, lesbian lifestyle, or homosexuality in general. Mm. Right? Um, there, there are a lot of concerns um, mm. out there that is reported, right? But not to generalize, in my own personal experience, right, having to work with individuals who are homosexuals themselves, you know, uh, the kind of uh, activities they get into and sometimes uh, allow themselves to be vulnerable uh, and, uh, um, uh, I guess, affecting their own safety as well. Uh, and, uh, uh, I guess, causing concern uh, for, for, for their own loved ones as well. Uh, it's quite a lot of work to be done there. Absolutely. I'm just wondering whether uh, the community that we are speaking to are aware of that. Right, so allow them if they come to you and talk about it, to, sh to to talk to you about what they they know, and hopefully it is a safe space for them to come to you to talk about it, yeah. uh, without any judgment, without any uh, 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 need you feel to actually want to right the wrongs, right. you know, or to want to preach for for the matter, right? Right. right. I think that, that can come later. Can come later. Yeah. There's a there's a time and place for that. That's right. But where are they right now? What's the meaning of yes. all those things that they're saying and doing? Right. Yeah. Yes. So I think it's important, like you mentioned, that the parents need to have that um, positive, um, inspirational uh, position with their children, yeah. all right, um, in order to be able to uh, be on the same side as the children. Because very often, um, the way we react sometimes tends to put a barrier rather than to mm. build a so-called bridge that uh, help us connect with our children. Yes. And we tend to say things or do things that actually um, push them further away, mm. which is the last thing we want. Exactly. All right? So I think so, it's so important that we must have this particular relationship, positive relationship with them. Work on it, work on it, and then after that, really use that in order to be able to continue to journey with yeah. them. But it's a tough journey, it's a long journey, we have to be prepared for that. Yes, yes. And because our, 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 as adults, our prefrontal kick in, right, so naturally, and we tend to overcompensate in what we, we, we do. Uh, overcompensate basically means we start asking ourselves, oh, what did I do wrong? You know, what did I do right? That kind of thing. How can I do it better? That kind of thing, right? So they go into this overdrive, yes. you know, of, which is unnecessary most yeah. of the time. Yeah. Overdrive of uh, thoughts and, and fear, you know, and trying to, you know, take actions that uh, they thought at that point in time they may not, may not have taken but should now do more mm. you know but th the child is there at that point in time now present where he or she is with the issue mm -hmm. and you're trying to do a little bit more usually a lot more the child is it's, it's going to uh, not be able to connect with you mm -hmm. and definitely you'll not be able to connect the child yeah. because you miss the point you miss where the child is right uh, so we want to refrain from doing that so um, while we are on this point and you're saying that a lot of things will be running through the minds of parents and so on, um, at this point in time, would you like to share with us, uh, are there possible factors that can contribute to same-sex attraction or homosexuality or are there not? Hmm. Um, <clears throat> a lot of factors, John. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot of factors. Um, and every, I'm scanning through my mind now, all the clients that I work with, right, uh, each one of them are so different. Yes. 
you know, um, maybe just by way of example, right? Uh, uh, maybe a young child could have the opportunity to interact with their classmates in, in school at a very young age, right? Uh, very exploratory, very discovery, uh, maybe at a camp setting or a school setting, for example, and, and, and a lot of like having to talk about uh, each other's uh, private parts or even dealing with each other in such a way that exposure of private parts, for example, um, and that led to curiosity and leading to uh, pleasure and pleasure could lead to like, oh, I think this is uh, what I like to do. This feels right. This feels right, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, when that comes about uh, at a very young age, you automatically connect uh, to a behavior like that or experience like that. And the understanding of me being homosexual could easily be latched on mm -hmm. because uh, all other things do not make me feel uh, as good or better. Right? So that's one example. Another example could be, um, uh, I'm a little bit more infeminate as a boy, for example, or I'm a little bit more masculine as a girl. Right? Uh, curiosity right? Uh, leads to a lot of research online right? uh, and understanding that, uh, okay, actually a lot of the literature online uh, kind of like describes uh, who I am and what I'm experiencing right now. Right? Uh, so maybe I'm somewhat uh, infeminate or I think I am attracted to somebody of the same gender. Uh, and then led to me having to uh, uh, dabble more with all the behaviours and activities that will lead me to affirm my understanding of who I am because everything else don't cut it. Mm. You know? uh, and some maybe uh, even explore uh, hormonal pills, for example, mm. right, to assist them to, uh, I guess, uh, explore further and deeper into the, sexual, the, the gender in which the females are identified with. That's, that's another example. Uh, and more developmentally, uh, maybe in, in, in a growing up environment, uh, they experience relationships that are more submissive, for example, or more domineering. Right? And they're very used to that kind of uh, dynamics at home. Right? So it's a learned environment, right? it's more nurturing in that kind of space. Right? Uh, and they tend to uh, subscribe to or be more inclined to a more submissive behaviour. Right? Uh, so hanging around more with like a person of the same gender and being able to be more submissive because that's the most comfortable uh, behavior to, to engage in. Right? Somebody more domineering, you wonder what it's like. And you enter a space where you explore that submissive, domineering relationship right? uh, uh, that will attend to your desire for affection, the desire for uh, intimacy, uh, and then one thing that the other. Because we are growing up and that becomes very meaningful and very um, desirable, right? Uh, and therefore, I would want to explore further interest in it. Yeah, yeah. I I like to just circle back to one point you yes. mentioned earlier, John, uh, uh, because this came out uh, in my work with the the people I work with, obviously, right? Uh, this this idea is a psychological terminology called projection, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so this is just adding on to the point about uh, what would uh, lead a person to be attracted. To the person of the same gender is this thing about me feeling inadequate, uh, me feeling that hey, I'm lack of certain traits, uh, or I feel insecure about certain things about myself. Uh, it so happened that this person that comes along of the same gender may be able to show me uh, that this is basically what it would look like. You know, uh, that also can happen. Yes. Right, because uh, this is something that I'm so probably insecure about. Probably I would desire very much, but this other person of the same gender mm -hmm. uh, uh, personifies that entirely, right? Uh, and it, it 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 
help, helpful or not helpful that this person actually attends to me, right? Uh, access me for who I am, my interest, and also have the same desire to be sexually attracted to each other, offers me opportunity to develop the relationship, uh, and that that would uh, now facilitate my further interest in being in a same-sex relationship. Yes. That too uh, would be the other factor that could also, uh, I guess, I guess, assist me in my exploration for this uh, attraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And many others, John, is yeah. endless. Endless, yes, I yes, understand. Yeah. yeah, so it would seem that uh, there are many possible causes, right? Yeah. And at the same time, we also uh, understand that uh, among those who experience some degree or various degrees of same-sex attraction in their teenage years and mm. everything, uh, many of them would actually um, um, go on to really be so-called um, opposite-sex attracted uh, mm. over time, right? Mm. As, and it's as a part of the development because some of them have reported that uh, when they were young, they saw sort of like a, in a way hero worshipped some of the uh, others of the same sex, and they more or less like um, uh, admired them, and they felt an attraction to them, mm. and they thought that they were actually same sex attracted. And then later on, as they went on, they realized, oh well, actually we, we, that was just a part of the phase of their life. Right? Mm. Would you uh, agree that that is um, part of the um, journey? It depends how long they have dabbled into that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Right, so if they, if they started from like say as young as 13, 14 years old, for example, and they've never explored other kind of relationships, right, which are heterosexual in nature, right, but more homosexual all the way, right. Uh, by the time they reach a certain age, uh, it's conditioned behavior mm-hmm. that informs the choice mm-hmm. to want to continue a certain lifestyle, mm-hmm. right. But if they are on a constant uh, search for their own identity, uh, not just sexual identity. In our, in our context, probably what got bunch of them, and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, their vocation, for example, yes. and they are open to exploring other areas of life, more than sexuality, for example, then possibly but their, their search uh, may go into other areas of their life, more than their sexual being. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, this, this is possible, highly possible. Right? So there's, there's one aspect is conditioned behavior. Sometimes it's a bit hard to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's even more so that they, if they dabble in, say, drugs or alcohol, for example, mm-hmm. it's put into the whole mix. Right. Uh, to to have them consider in a very objective manner in that kind of situation uh, is unlikely. Uh. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that's more of the conditioned behavior. Mm-hmm. The non-conditioned behavior, uh, it means like that a behavior that persists over time uh, would be that of uh, behaviors that are uh, influenced, right? Uh, because of pop culture, because of peer pressure, you know, uh, uh, and maybe the the environment that they're in not conducive for them to explore otherwise because it'd be unsafe, mm-hmm. right? So uh, common among this group would be the don't tell me, uh, I uh, I don't ask you don't tell me kind of a uh, uh, environment at home or in the community, for example, if they know that their parents are will not be accepting of this kind of behavior, mm-hmm. and uh, this unsaid rule or even articulated rule, for example, you don't tell me I don't know, you just do whatever you want to do. Thing, right? And they will just go ahead and do whatever they want to do. But as long as I don't bring it up, then I can mm-hmm. proceed to do whatever I want to do. Right. Right? In that kind of environment, then I, I don't bring it up. Mm-hmm. I don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows. Then I don't do whatever I want to do. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, what, mm-hmm. Whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah? And that cultivates a certain uh, outlook, right. perspective to life, even behaviors. Mm-hmm. And it will persist. And then at some point in time, you will have to make a choice. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've done, I've, I've worked with some those who who even consider. Uh, more extreme cases like homotherapy, for example, gender change, for example, uh, and then they have actually considered that actually this is not me at the end of the day, mm-hmm. right? and they detransition, we call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
So there's those, those, so more extreme cases, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. But there are those who uh, have uh, even some of them have married actually. Some mm-hmm. of those who are already living a gay lifestyle for quite a long number of years, mm-hmm. uh, and then have always constantly been questioning about their own identity. Have uh, uh, reached a point where they are married now, and they've got even kids. Mm. Adopted. Uh, no, 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 they're they married. Oh, they're married? Okay. Well, I seem I like be, they become, okay. uh, that means they married somebody of the opposite gender, uh-huh. uh, and then okay. they, they have their own kids. I see. So that means someone who has, in a way, uh, realized that that was not uh, who they were, that was not yes. what they identified with, and that uh, they've, in a way, um, reverted to uh, having heterosexual, uh, heterosexual relationships, relationships and uh, with opposite sex attraction, yeah. and then uh, started uh, their own families from there on. Yes. I there have been many examples, yes. Yes, yeah. Many, yeah, many, many examples. Yes, yeah. Uh, and I think what you brought up so far is so important, right? That we must really uh, have that positive relationship with our child so that uh, even if our child comes up with certain things that we as parents may not want to hear, mm-hmm. but we need to be there with them and for them mm-hmm. and to really hear them out, to understand where they're coming from, where their needs are, if there are any needs which are still unmet and how we can then uh, be uh, an essential part and a positive part of that journey mm. so that they can continue then to choose what is truly good for themselves. Yes. Am yes. I right to say that? Yes, very true. Yeah. Yeah. Because <clears throat> if you are not that person, they will go out to find that person. Right. To be understood, mm. to feel accepted. Mm. To meet that unmet need. Yes. Mm. Right. And they are looking for that, mm. that need. Right. So if it's not at home, then where else would they be? And mm. having, in this, having been in this space for many years now, mm. Uh, I wouldn't say that there are many uh, safe places or positive spaces to uh, gain support, to, to gather support for themselves, to go through this journey of understanding who they are as the male or female he or she is, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah, not many, lah, right? Uh, if, even if there are, uh, <clears throat> we, we call it they are more affirmative in nature, meaning to say that uh, I feel this way, therefore the affirmative narrative uh, uh, encourages, okay, accept for who you are, there's no room for exploration, very little room for exploration, you know, accept it, uh, and th- we are here to accept you, right? Uh, because you you think that this is a better lifestyle for you, and you should embrace it. And this is very common in the West, the European countries, uh, and, and the Western countries, right? And in my experience, it's to the expense of the, ch- the person having to explore fully who, she or, who he or she is mm. at the expense, mm. at that expense, you see. Mm. Uh, what that means is this, if I now feel that I'm gay uh, and you continue to affirm that I'm gay and I should accept that, there's no room for me to think that there's a possibility mm. I may not be. That's right. right? That's uh, right. And th- it should be also equally available for a person who want to consider that. That's right. right? Uh, so, uh, not many, at, at least... I'm hearing from my clients, uh, the, the people I'm working with, uh, a lot is available for the affirmative narrative. But if they feel that they won't, they are wondering, maybe not, then they, it's unsafe for them to actually talk about it. Right, right. They may feel not accepted. Yes. Yeah. Right. So I hope to be able to have this conversation, you know, uh, with us here today, and also I on my own and doing my own projects out, out there in Singapore, mm-hmm. right? To say, hey, look, if you wonder mm-hmm. ever, that this is there's an alternative to this. Can we talk? Mm-hmm. Sure, please come and talk. Yes, uh, that's right. And at the end of the day, after talking, you feel that this is ready for you. Mm-hmm. Then by all means, make a decision because yeah. by which time you are an adult to make a, your own decisions. Yes, yes. 
<laughs> right? Yes. But until then, let's continue talking. And there mm. are many other things in life for you to also explore, not just your own sexuality. That's right. You get what I mean? That's right. Uh, so let's talk. Uh. Yes, yeah. that's right. I think it's so important to provide this safe space for yeah. um, these individuals to be able to come out and to discuss and to share their experiences. Mm. Because like you mentioned before, everyone is different. Yeah. Every journey is different. Yes. And I think... Um, when we can actually really understand what their journey is, we can understand where their needs are, where their needs have been met, where their needs have not been met. Uh, it is only then that we will be able to understand better uh, what uh, they are crying out for, or, uh, what is within them, and how we can then uh, accompany them on this journey in the way that they deserve, mm. rather than to try to take them as a problem to be solved. Mm. I think uh, at this point in time, I, I kind of like, like what uh, Jason Everett said once, you know, mm. that every individual mm. is not uh, a problem to be solved, mm. but a mystery to be loved. Mm. You know, beautiful. And, and, and beautiful. I, I thought that really uh, hit me very hard. Yes. And I, I think that is really the kind of like a, a mindset that all of us must have mm. when journeying with um, uh, various uh, uh, individuals mm. uh, with different persuasions, with different inclinations, with mm. different attractions. I think we need to know that. Because mm. I think that is what uh, Christ really uh, came to mm. show us to do, and and, and like like how He ministered to the Samaritan woman, mm. right at, at the well. Mm. Yeah, and I think uh, it is uh, something which hopefully many of us can uh, do, mm. but many of us do not feel well equipped. Yes. Now, is there kind of like a group in Singapore, right, mm. that uh, can accompany these individuals on such a journey, so that in case they are um, these individuals are listening in of the parents. Mm. While listening in, they can then know where to uh, search for such support. Mm. Well, obviously, in the context of the Catholic Church in Singapore, the Catholic community, then we have courage, right? Uh, and then, uh, and I'm sure everybody may be familiar with this. And, uh, well, there may be some who may not, so would like to share with us mm. what the courage does and uh, how they can uh, resource uh, access this resource. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't speak for courage, courage, but I'm helping. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with the community to to, to support the learning. From my point of view, uh, my point of view as in like uh, as a mental health practitioner, uh, and also understanding uh, the teachings of uh, Fortune Paul II, you know, hopefully, uh, according each person, uh, the 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 rightful dignity uh, that he or she has, um, and to allow this person to explore his or her own own identity, and God's calling for them, right? Uh, to journey together, you can imagine in the secular world is already quite um, confusing. Right, so if with courage, at least we, we have um, the perspective of the the faith, the the Catholic faith, and how can we go about living out uh, the life that God wants us to live out, right? As somebody who has uh, interest in this uh, um, lifestyle or uh, the identity that they, they they subscribe to at this point in time. And I think the other one that the, our listeners, Catholic parents, right, would be quite uh, keen on would be encourage. Uh, which is um, really running parallel with Courage. And, yes. and Courage is an organization that um, uh, supports uh, the loved ones of those who experience same-sex attraction, right? Mm. And that provides a, a space, a safe space for them to uh, share with each other and mm. to be supported in that journey as well as they continue um, right. on, on this uh, quite a difficult uh, journey. Mm. Yeah, so it may not be because your child is... Uh, uh, gay or lesbian that you are on this pro on this encourage uh, community right uh, there's as long as you feel that you would like to be supported right uh, on the journey of appreciating understanding uh, 
the whole uh, gay lesbian agenda lifestyle uh, activity the event and you are interested to still be faithful to the teachings of the Presbyterian or the, the church of the church right? yeah. this would be a place if 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 uh, that was your interest yes. yeah for for parents yeah. Yeah. yeah it's so important I think yes um, uh, as Nicholas has so rightly mentioned right this is a uh, a safe space for those who like to be supported on this journey. Mm. Uh, if you have uh, loved ones, not just children, but even if your own spouse has got same-sex attraction. Mm, that's right. Yes, yeah, yes. and uh, yeah, this space provides for that as well. Mm. And so it's encouraged uh, Singapore, and uh, it is a community that really uh, can provide that kind of a space uh, to help you on that journey. So we will provide some of the resources and the websites in the show notes for this mm. one. Mm. And um, it is so important that we must have some form of support to... Um, be with us on on this uh, challenging journey, mm. as with many other challenging journeys in, mm. in parenting, isn't it? Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely. So, um, as uh, Nicholas has mentioned, you know, um, there are definitely support um, services available, support groups available, uh, which are con which continue to be faithful to the teachings uh, of the Magisterium of the Church. Mm. So, do look to, uh, look out the for these, and we'll put these in the show notes as well. Yeah. Now, I think that um, for parents who um, first find out that their children may um, have this um, orientation, many of them may start questioning, right? You mentioned earlier on, but I, I didn't quite ask earlier, but um, many of them may start ask, uh, asking whether they had been at fault for this, whether mm. they, uh, was there anything wrong mm. they did, and, mm. you know, and they start beating themselves around the head and blaming themselves for this. And, and it's uh, uh, so painful right, to yep. see that because I, I've seen that... Um, among some of the parents who have uh, come to me as well. Yep. So what would uh, you say to these parents? I would say, as with all other issues, growing up issues, um, <clears throat> parents do their best all the time, at the point in time. Uh, this is no exception. Mm -hmm. uh, and we shouldn't be beating ourselves up for it. Uh, uh, because we only know how to respond to a situation as best as we could at that point in time, whatever the situation offers to us given the opportunity, given the information, given the given the resource. Right? So if if you come to the point where if you look back and uh, you wonder how your child would come to this point, it's uh, not meaningful to start asking yourself, what did I do wrong? Mm -hmm. right? uh, because that's answering asking the wrong question. <laughs> uh, what in actual fact now you should be asking is like, uh, what is my child going through right now? Mm -hmm. right? And to now start considering what I need to do now uh, for my child to learn uh, about what he or she is going through at this point in time. Because obviously it's important enough for them to talk about it. Obviously it's important enough for you to know about it for what, by whatever means possible. It could be coincidental. Right? But whatever it is at that point in time is the most important point. Mm -hmm. right? Therefore, um, I would say if it's something against your values, against your faith, uh, compose yourself, take time out, acknowledge your child, uh, appreciate your child, affirm your child for having to express that so courageously and boldly, especially in a climate like this uh, in our society, uh, and then call for uh, uh, some time out, we say, you know, and ask for the opportunity like, uh, to talk about it again. Mm -hmm. So it could, it could sound something like, oh, wow, thanks, son, for actually bringing this up. This is it must have taken a lot out from you. Do you take a long time to talk about, think about this and to, to actually uh, bring it up? Uh, I really appreciate that. Uh, and this is something I didn't expect. Uh, it's, it has made me think about it uh, and I want to think more about it. Would you be interested to 
talk about it a bit more and at least I can get my head around what this is about and then we can have a more meaningful conversation. Would that be okay? Yeah. Something like that, along those lines. Right? So that <coughs> the child knows that you're not close to this and that you will also be able to find some time to compose yourself, uh, pray about it either, maybe, do a bit more research about it, maybe, you know, and at least you can, you can come back to the discussion with your child. Yes, right. yes. So it would seem that uh, the important thing is not to ask ourselves the wrong question, which is, what did I do wrong? Yeah. But rather, challenge ourselves with the right question, which is, what can I do right from now on? Mm. Uh, More appropriate as opposed to right. Lah. That's right. We are never perfect, right? Yes, no right yes, yes, In that sense, yes. it's hard to find uh, a what right is my, my My best response right yes. now that will really address the needs yes. of both my child and myself. Yes, more so best response at this point in time. Yes. Right? Yes. And the more attuned we are to our child, the better our response will be. Right? And the last thing you want to do is to over overcompensate. Yeah. Meaning to say that, oh, no, no, I did something wrong, or they do something wrong, they come mm -hmm. think, oh, I need to write the wrong, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, therefore, a lot of things that I do now, uh, in true experience, seem to push the child further away. Yes. Because you're overcompensating, you're trying to write the wrong that you think that you have done something wrong, mm -hmm. then you're trying to write it every, every step of the way. Mm -hmm. But in, in, in effect, you're actually uh, scaring the child. You're making the child a bit more frustrated. You are uh, working the child towards possibly even resentment mm. at some point. Yeah, that's so right. important, right? That we yeah. uh, really let the child know that we are on their side. Yeah. Uh, not like, again, uh, like we said, we, not that we condone certain behaviors, but yeah. rather we are with them as persons, yeah. as children of God, whom yeah. whom we want to love and journey with. Yes. All right, and then continue to support them on the journey, so that at the end of the journey, we pray and lead them to God's grace, yes. that they will find the true love of their lives, which is Christ himself. Yeah, and, and usually, usually, uh, they no longer need uh, uh, you to, they, don't, they no longer need you to tell them what the faith teaches about yeah. this lifestyle yeah. or this behaviour. Yeah. By that time, if they ever do come up to you about it, right, they would have already known what you've yes. taught them already about what the church stand is yes. and what the church teachings are. Yes. Right, so... That is really a non-starter to begin with. That's right. That's right. <laughs> really, because uh, they have got everything there. Now they are figuring out what this is. is. What, what, what's that about? And what am I about? Who am I? Mm -hmm. So usually when that comes out, it's really not about that anymore. So maybe you want to consider uh, not having to go down the road of like, hey, you know, the church says this. No, how can you do this? You know, this is mm -hmm. not right. This is wrong. Yeah. Those kind of conversation has its place. Mm -hmm. uh, done already, usually. Mm -hmm. uh, high high mm -hmm. tendency is that it's, it's already been communicated and yep. the child knows that. Even if it has to come out again, it will not be, it will be some time down the road if they want to further talk about it again. And, yep. and maybe uh, from a different angle, but yep. not at that point in time for sure. Yep. Not any time in the near future. Mm -hmm. So if it helps, parents may would like to consider also going for counselling themselves because have a professional platform to really talk it out, whatever that's there in the mind, whatever that's in the heart, even and, and, and complement that with a spiritual direction. Yes. You know, because there are two different things altogether. Right? Yeah. So if a spiritual director is available, you would like to also talk about the faith aspect of your query about what's manifesting. Mm within you, you know, and what you are experiencing in your family, how the dynamic is playing up in terms of the relationship and everything else. And then at the same time, doing the counselling for the purposes of like, uh, 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 getting connected with what you are going through emotionally, psychologically, even some of them physically as well. Because there's manifestation, a psychomatic manifestation, right? Of things that you may not expect, but it's coming up, right? Uh, what I do. So there are two separate things, uh, and you can seek out those resources for yourself to benefit yourself. So that when you come back to the discussion, you are more clear in your mind, in your heart. There's more headspace mm -hmm. 
more heart space, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then the conversation can be more meaningful, mm-hmm. as opposed to having to be so possibly uh, reactive, maybe, uh, or even defensive for some, right? And always ready to like you know sh- take out the ammunition and then shoot back your your, your child or whoever is bringing up the conversation, right? Uh, becomes very unconstructive. Uh, it doesn't help the relationship deepens. Right. It doesn't help the understanding as well. Yes, absolutely. So yeah. it would seem that uh, if parents were to be faced with this situation, a few things that can be done. Number one is pray, 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 right? <laughs> Let the Lord guide you to do the right thing and to seek the right resources. Number two, if necessary, seek counselling. Mm. Number three, uh, seek uh, spiritual direction. Mm. Uh, number four, to seek the support of a group. Uh, like encourage mm. you know, uh, in Singapore to actually uh, continue to support us on, on, on that journey. Mm. Uh, and then really um, through that, uh, that will provide us with a, a window to know better what kind of a journey our child will need mm. in order to find his or her uh, meaning ultimately in yes. life. Right? Yes. And ultimately for every person, that end of that road has to be crisis. It's just a question of how the journey takes and with all the twists and turns that will come along the way yeah. and the pains and sorrows and the ups and downs that will come along the way. Yeah. But we just have to be there for them. Yes. And I'll just add one more point to that is to read widely. Yeah. Because this is something that is really uh, unfamiliar to many of us. right? So if you could read both um, the church writing on this, it may not be the teachings, it's about the topic. Right, uh, you, you could read that. You could also read the circular research and journal, uh, and also learn how to identify uh, research and journals or writings that are objective and gives you uh, a good balanced view. That's right. So that it can inform you on this. That's journey. right. That's yeah. right. Because there are a lot of uh, articles out there which are actually totally not balanced and uh, don't yeah. give very accurate uh, ideas and uh, um, are based on rather. Um, yeah poorly designed studies and so on. Yeah. yeah so yeah. we have to be careful of those. But see, to that point is that some of us don't know what is right, what is wrong. That's right. right? That's right. Yeah. So, so get the right resources. Correct. Yeah. correct. Get the right resources uh, and also learn how to identify uh, right uh, mm-hmm. uh, lit- literature that provide uh, really objective findings. Yes. They and are not skewed. They are not, um, I, I guess, influenced you right. know, by certain agendas. That's right. Great. Um, thank you very much, uh, Nicholas. Is there any... Um, else you'd like to share with our Catholic parents before we end this um, podcast? Yeah, um, spiritual development takes a very different trajectory. Mm. Right? So as a psychologist, we're very interested in, for example, the psychosocial development, right? the neurodevelopment, for example, even uh, cognitive development. So different theories informs us, right? and it helps us as psychologists explain the, the behaviour. So the Eric Erickson, John Piaget, you know, but there's this other... Uh, uh, group of theories, the likes of like say James Fowler for example, that explains to us, each of us develop differently uh, in our faith, right? At the moment we encounter the faith, at whatever age that we are, it takes a certain trajectory uh, for us to really fully appreciate our faith, right? So we want to recognize that in the event that we, our child highlights to us this interest, right? We want to recognize that the faith development develops, that the faith growth, nurturing develops very differently from the psychosocial, emotional uh, track, right? And we want to not put them together and appreciate them for where they are at. Mm -hmm. So in the context of like, say, faith, for example, a question like, how come all these years I've been teaching you, I say the catechism, you know, know, I teach you all about the faith accounting, you should know anyway, right? But Fowler explains that Although you have taught me all this about my faith, there will be a certain stage 
which they will wonder what that means to me as far as my application of faith is concerned. Right? Which is very different from, like, say, the neurological development of a child. But around the same age, they are more limbic, right? Mm-hmm. But they're not prefrontal, mm-hmm. for example, right? So if you want them to appreciate, like, say, John Paul II's teaching, which typically requires a little bit more prefrontal, mm-hmm. you cannot expect them to articulate a prefrontal understanding of the teaching of the church at that point in time to consider their choice of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's totally different altogether. Mm. So, <clears throat> to help, I'm just sharing this to help uh, parents, uh, adults who are wondering about this, curious about struggling with this, to put them separate. Mm-hmm. If you are struggling with this, where the faith is concerned, right, uh, look at it from the point of view of where they are at. Where are you at first, spiritually? It could be very deep in your faith already. And you obviously concerned about your child's salvation, put it that way. Right? Uh, then you, your behavior could be influenced by that understanding or that level of faith where you're at. And you would like, to, you would like that of your child to level up with you. It's going to be unrealistic mm-hmm. and not practical. Mm-hmm. Because developmentally speaking, they are only now fully limbic. <laughs> yeah. So... To get to where you are requires a full prefrontal, for, yeah. for example. Yeah. There's no, no match. It doesn't, doesn't level up. Mm-hmm. Right? So as a result of that, we want to manage ourselves, the exp- our expectations, and to also manage the way we respond mm-hmm. as a result of that reality. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Uh, among many others, this is just one example. So the faith development, then the emotional development, or the neurological development, for example. Right? So pace yourself. Yeah, in the event where you lack clarity, seek professional help for clarity. So Courage is one of them, Indigo is one of them, yeah, a few as well. Right? Uh, seek professional help, read, right? uh, and seek guidance. Right? Uh, and you're not alone. Uh, I think the in- increasingly there are communities and resources for uh, available out there to support you. Okay, great. Thank you very much, uh, Nicholas. Okay. okay, it's again okay. been another very uh, enriching experience uh, having a conversation with you. No <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Okay. Well, there you have it, uh, dear parents. Uh, we are very grateful today that we've had Nicholas Lim, uh, who has um, come to share his insights and expertise in this area of how we can journey with our child if he or she comes out and identifies the same sex attracted. So, um, till we meet again, just remember you have that support available. We'll provide them and we'll share with them in the show notes. You are not alone. Take care and God bless you anytime you're with. Bye-bye.